She lived, as we all have lived, too many years in a culture broken by brutally powerful men. For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. But their time is up. Welcome to foreverever.com. This is our podcast, weekly podcast, Forever Ever Podcast. I'm T Storm alongside my lovely and beautiful wife. Miss Kaylee G, thank you for that. It's like you you extended that the beautiful Yeah, you know. It's, it's about some energy. It's about some energy. Yeah, you know, putting some some positive energy. How mm-hmm. you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm excellent. You look like you still sleep. No, I'm I mean I had this is my second cup of coffee, so yeah. Um I'm okay. You know I'm the doing, thing is coffee I'm doing much better now. Thank coffee you. does doesn't really do much for me now. Really? I just drink it. Just need something a little stronger. I don't know. Probably. Hmm. Probably. I just drink it because it's routine. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no I, I, coffee wakes me up. Yeah. Well, that's up. because you you've never really been a habitual coffee drinker. Nah. So. Nah. I I drink it when I was I used to drink it. I drink it more often now, but I used to just drink when it was necessary. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's necessary. Yeah, uh, for me, it's like it's in, it's in my blood now. So it's like whatever. Aha. Yeah. Aha. The one time, real quick story. The one time where it actually worked for me was when I was in college, and especially for my senior year, and I had like a whole bunch of classes and papers that had to be turned in, and so I was like on a coffee like drinking coffee like crazy Mm -hmm. and so it got to the point where i was starting i started to have like these symptoms of like shaking and nervousness like withdrawals and stuff withdrawals it wasn't withdrawals if you just trying it i was drinking like i was drinking coffee like now you have withdrawals not withdrawals not afterwards yeah withdrawals afterwards because i was like so into drinking coffee like from sun up to sundown drinking coffee while in class outside of class to stay awake while doing papers like going to bed at three in the morning waking up at five in the morning had to have another cup of coffee just so i could stay awake and when it was time for me to like try to get away from the coffee it was hard man Okay. It was hard. So interesting. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think I've ever had that experience. Yeah. Coffee yeah. was life. Really? Wow. Yes. No, I feel you. I mean, I, I it's <laughs> the only vice I have right now, and uh, except when I spike it with the uh, um, uh, Bailey, Irish, yeah, the Irish yeah. cream. That's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was doing like I was. I used to do like vodka. I would try vodka in it. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Vodka and coffee. Yes. I can't be the only one. Mm -mm. Anyway, what's on your mind this morning? Oh, my God. So, first of all, Love & Hip Hop Miami. Um, It's a completely new season. Well, I can't say completely new season because it sounds like as it's... It's it's two two shows going on right now. Love & Hip Hop New York is still on. Right. And then Love & Hip Hop Miami is completely... Yes, a new branch. That's what I meant to say. It's a completely new branch. And it's, you know, dealing with... uh, a Miami artist, South Beach, Miami, I think they said in the clip more. So now here's the thing. I will, I try to stay up to date with this stuff. 
but I think I will be doing more so this season because there's a there's a woman on there, a cast member, by the name of Amara La Negra. Uh, I can't really translate because if I translate it into what does Amara mean? Amara is her name. Oh, her, her name is Amara. Oh, so she's saying Amara La Negra, Amara black. the Black. The Black Amara. Yeah, the Black Amara. Yeah, it sounds better that way when you say it. Now here's the thing: she is Dominicana. She's Dominican. She's from Miami, and so I love it because she's kind of representing. She's dark skinned dark with an afro. Yeah, yeah, she's a dark skinned sister with an afro, and I love that because we haven't really seen. But she's Latina. I can't say we haven't seen touring like that and love and hip hop. We have, but the things that she's she she's Afro Latina, which. A while ago, you and I had the conversation where I was in a point in my life where I was trying to figure out what I was, like who I was. I didn't know, you know, where I stood. I knew that I was from Honduras and being Garifuna. Okay, but then what else? Because when people ask me, where are you? I say, I'm Garifuna. And they're like, okay, well, what the heck is that? Mm -hmm. Now with Amara La Negra, she is Afro-Latina. She's Dominican, black has the afro and well, here's the thing okay so I, I say this there's a lot more dark-skinned dominicans than people realize yes i mean the uh, uh dominican republic and haiti occupy side the same side. island mm -hmm. yep so th they're the same people yeah but unfortunately <laughs> some dominicans don't recognize it they're the same people what's mm -hmm. the, that's like saying uh South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, <laughs> completely different races of people. Right. Or completely, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's all part of America. It's yeah. it's all the same, on the same land. It's occupy the same space. Brooklyn and Queens, uh, you know, it's occupying the same. Yeah. So um, there's a lot more dark-skinned Dominicans out there. But it's, um, not, it's not only about dark-skinned Dominicans. I mean, I say that to say the, the um, Dominicans are African. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. But like I said, some of them don't, they don't acknowledge it. That's, it's they don't a, like to acknowledge it. That's Because like, uh, it seems like, no, I would say. But it's thing. not only Dominicans, though. It's no, not it's not only just Dominicans. Yeah. I'm not just one. But I, I, some, some, some Latinos, some Latinas, um, and, and, and even some island people don't want to identify being black. Yeah, I don't know why. It's because being black is the worst thing you can be. In this, you know, or maybe some of them think be black when they think black, especially the island folks. When they think black, they think black American. Either way, they're still. It's and to them, there's a big difference. They don't call themselves black. Mm -mm. No, they don't. There's some. There are some. Let me rephrase that. There are some that don't identify as black. Mm -hmm. Now that's fine, but you are what you are. <laughs> um, you know, there's like that white woman that calls herself. Oh, Rachel Dolezal, I think is her name. She, she wants to be black so much, you know. So badly. I say let her in. What? I, yeah, I think, yeah. I say let her in, sure. Why not? Yeah, but because if she could call herself black, then I can call myself something else. Oh, Lord Jesus. But I'm going to be an Irish Jew. Oh, God. All right, you do that, Storm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Amara La Negra and this... um. In this episode, she went to meet with this producer, Young Hollywood, and the some of the things that he said about you know her very just, racist, very racist. I just just listen. Say we were actually to take off some and do a record, right? And I'm like, yo, I need you to look a certain way. What would a certain way look like? Like what? What do you have in mind? What would you? A do? little bit more Beyonce, a little less Macy Gray. 
You know, you gotta be a little bit more it. sensual. You know, the Afro thing's cool. You know, we could do, you know, say like a video here and there, certain looks, but you know, maybe try something different, different looks. So wait, I don't get it. What does that it's mean? It's a seasonal Elaborate. thing. It's Elaborate. a seasonal no, no, thing. No, 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 no. See, I like this. Go ahead. What does that mean? <laughs> You can see Beyonce just like this, soul sister, the same way you can see her come in a beautiful gown, elegant, breathtaking. So I can't be elegant if I have a fro? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> now, it, it's, it, the clip is a little bit longer because in there he he tries to he kind of finds himself dike supposedly dike dike meaning supposedly apologizing by calling her nutella queen he's very racist i think he's a self i don't know what his background was is at, at this point I, I don't care about what his background but don't y'all like in honduras don't y'all call you know you have white people in honduras we call we call them indios indios yeah we call them indios but you call but they but for that y'all call them white folks. Those those are the white they're folks. Not, they're not really. Right. They're not. Let me rephrase that. They're not European. Right. But, but y'all refer to them as white folks. Yeah, I guess. I think this guy wants to be European. Probably. I think he's you know. But he's Hispanic. Yeah, but he's fair skinned Hispanic, and so you know there are some like that goes back to what I was saying. There's some that don't recognize. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what his 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 background, where his family is from, but. Um, unless I don't know, he <laughs> it, it it really upset me. It really upset me the way that you know he he went about you know kind of trying to insinuate that being having an afro you can't be elegant in Hollywood. It's not okay to be it's not okay to be black or unapologetically right. black. Like and, and he's like give me a little bit more Beyonce and a little less Macy Gray. In other words, Beyonce with the with the weave and right wigs. with the weave and the flattened hair and, and the relaxed and hair. Relaxed hair to relax white people. That's that's the that's the thing. Mm -hmm. So so okay so that happened there. We we'll see how that plays out with her. But with you in your own in your own personal experience, mm -hmm. you said you come to terms with being well. You already knew. You were African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I already knew, but... But in terms of how to, quote-unquote... Uh, Identify. Yeah, what, like, when people ask you, you know, Afro-Latina. Like, that's something, since we've been together, you kind of took, took on mm -hmm. Afro-Latina. Afro yeah, I've Latina. taken that on. Um, Because when it came time for me to fill out oh, job applications... Yeah, job applications, I'm like, okay, what do I put as my race? Do I put black? Do I put Hispanic? Do I put African-American? I say use all the advantages you can. You know, they don't like <laughs> black folks too much sometimes. So I would say, say Hispanic. Really? I would say, say, say what you want on a piece of paper, say whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. But what do you feel? What is it that you feel about yourself off the paper? You know, like, you know, like I said, you, you, like you said, mm -hmm. you, you identify as Afro-Latina. Afro now, did, coming up, did you have people, because you speak Spanish fluently, mm -hmm. did you have fair skin Hispanics you know treat you a certain way or kind of racist towards you um, because you were dark skin and if they were racist towards me I probably didn't pick up on it pick up on it in your adult life have you have you experienced that um probably one well maybe not in my adult life but probably one time um around my parents way i was at the supermarket and i had to go and do some some food shopping uh -huh. and this woman behind the counter at the the deli section 
she assumed because I was because dark I'm dark skin right. that I didn't understand what she was saying and she was saying something in Spanish. What she said? And um, I forget exactly what it is that that something to the effect of uh, something to the effect of oh I don't know you know what it is that I'm doing with the the type of meat that I want or I don't know what it is that I I'm I want to buy. You're saying so, that about you. Yeah, she was saying about me. And so I responded to her. I can't remember exactly what it is that I said, but all I remember is that her jaw dropped. Right. Because she wasn't expecting me to, you know, reply back to her. And so the thing with that is that growing up and being in, in school. Spanish, you replied in Spanish. Yes, I replied in Spanish. And being in school and, you know, just growing up, when I tell people I speak Spanish, I'm black and I speak Spanish, they're like, oh, well, say something. Mm-hmm. And that would always get on my nerves because I'm like, why do I have to prove to you that I that I'm a Latina that I can speak Spanish? It just hap- just so happens that I'm dark skinned Like that's something that I w- would always get on my nerves. I I, I noticed something because you never want to speak Spanish in public. Is that why? Uh, I guess. Cause uh, cause like, I, I, I shouldn't I always, have to prove it. Like, I, no, like whenever even, we go out, you do this to me a, a lot of times. I, it's a, it's for a reason because, and, and, and especially it's if real. we go out to we eat, we go to a restaurant and it's Spanish speaking servers or mm-hmm. a Spanish restaurant or something like that. I want you to let them know we are in the club. <laughs> they treat you differently. They do. I they mean, do. that's that's just being real. You're, so you're, there you're is right. there is a, a sort of com- not camaraderie, but. Uh, yeah, come on. Exclusivity mm-hmm. to Spanish speaking and not gringos. Like white people no. that speak Spanish don't yeah. get the same treatment. No. But ethnic Spanish speaking people mm-hmm. treat each other a certain way. It's like when black people see other black people in a room full of white people and we go, oh, yeah. What's up, brother? <laughs> it's the same thing with, with Hispanics. Yes, yes. And so I'm, I'm trying to get you to. Let them know, hey, we in the club. We all together. <laughs> Don't spend our food. Like, we was in Miami. Yes. Um, yeah. And the, the, the white boy. Okay, so we was in Miami. Here's the story. So we was in Miami. What's the name of the restaurant we went I to? I cannot this little remember. Greasy Spoon spot Um, we walked into. the Cuban. It was a Cuban spot. Wait, and it wasn't the Greasy Spoon spot, was it? Yeah, it, it was, was that one. And then there was another restaurant that we in went to. In the morning. We oh, went okay, in the that, morning one. In that right. morning, we mm-hmm. had went in. And we sat down, we was, you know, being served or whatever. And then a whole group of about 15 white people came in. Mm-hmm. And they had attitudes. This dude, the dude, you know, white dude, older gentleman, was giving the servers attitude because apparently he called ahead to let them know that they were coming. And he was wondering why the tables weren't set up for them. And, it, you know, that he, no, he said he had made a reservation. Mm-hmm. Like you don't make a reservation here, right? <laughs> just right. come sit just down come and, and eat. Sit down. Mm-hmm. How many? Okay, we'll put the table together for you. Boom. That's that's probably why. But in any case, so he's got all. Even when they sit sit him down, and he was acting a fool. And I said to you, I said to you, hey, say something to the server, so she knows that they don't take it out on us. Right. Also, right. And you, I, th- I think you said, what did you say? Do you remember I, what you, you said? You know what? It's funny you telling the story because I don't because, remember this. Because I remember her reply was, oh, yeah, I already told my people in the back okay. how to treat these, you know, what to do to their food. Right. Now I remember. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, I already told the cook what to do to their food. I don't, I don't remember what I said to her, but I, I, like, I don't remember that incident. What I remember you was. No, I remember it clearly. I remember the one at the other restaurant. Which one? Where we had the paella. Where it wasn't an incident, but it was just talking to the waiter in Spanish. 
um, where we had the paella. Yeah, the other restaurant in in Miami. Was it small? Was it a little restaurant? No, it was a big restaurant. We sat outside in the big paella. Oh, that sat they we sat us. outside. And, um, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, that one I remember. That one, the waiter was Hispanic. Yeah, I don't remember that exactly. <laughs> I remember the incident. I more importantly, I remember. Hey, let them know. Don't you know? Whatever y'all do, please don't take mm-hmm. it out on our food. It's them folks over there, that right. type of thing. But yeah, all that to say, all that to say, all that to say, that you know, I can see how there is separation in, mm-hmm. you know, with it. Like, well, shoot, just like in, in, in with African Americans, the light skin versus the dark skin. And yeah, how black are you really? That black, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a running joke of you're acting white, light skin. Right. But I don't know where the heck that came from. I, I think it, it it all goes back to I think it all, it really all goes back to slavery. Yeah. Because the fair-skinned blacks got treated a certain way. Mm. The dark-skinned blacks got treated a certain way. Like if you were fair-skinned, sometimes mm-hmm. they would let you, you'd be the house Negro. They'll let you in the house. And right. ma- master may have treated you a little differently or whatever the case because you were light-skinned. And married. Thinking about it, they were still his kids. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? But it, I think it kind of, it, it reminds me of that. I don't know if it comes from that, but, but I, that's I think what it reminds you of. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of like the stories that we, we read about slavery where, you know, um, light skinned blacks treated dark skinned blacks and vice. It was, except, you know, it was separation, um, uh, 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 um, divide and conquer type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with, you know, with Latinas. They, Could be. Dark skins get treated differently than light oh, yeah. skin and so on and so forth. And yeah. you ain't really Latino if you dark skin. That's right. the kind of and that's the kind of mentality I see with this dude. With this guy. Yeah. I think I'm actually gonna tune in with this one more so because of Amara La Negra. Now remember the past few seasons of Love and Hip Hop New York, mm-hmm. I tuned in because of Cardi B. Right. And she's had, you know, a lot of success since the show. So this one I'm gonna tune in. But Cardi in. B identified well, she's what, she, what is she, Dominican and something? And Trini. So she's black also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just happens to be super light-skinned. Yes. Yeah, you know she what I mean? Is. Um, but this one, I'm, I'm going to tune in more so because of Amara La Negra. And after that episode, a lot of people are, you know, in support of her. They're, well, they're I mean, supporting her and they're like, you know I, what? I, I think I, I think it needs to be. And she she made a point And you said, I mean, you you, you would say the same thing because you did a, you, you when, when we lived in New York, you did um, a television program. Mm-hmm. Um Entirely in Spanish. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, and it was for Garifunas. Mm-hmm. For the Honduran community. Honduran community. Mm-hmm. But it was entirely in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, I, seeing you and other people, your complexion speaking Spanish very fluently and, you know, it let me, it, it kind of revealed something to me that, no, we don't see y'all. Mm-mm. Um, no. Represented on television, no. like when you watch the telenovelas, oh and yeah, even the news. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a um, there's a Twitter page that I follow, um, a Twitter account, and um, something to the extent of of uh, supporting Afro Latinos, and they put out a campaign, looking, wondering, asking Telemundo, asking Univision, where are the people that look like me, women that are you know like myself, Afro Latinas, black. We speak Spanish. We're Hispanic. We don't see many of us. The it's thing a, is that growing up watching the Telemundo and Univision, a lot of them are Mexican novelas, Venezuelan novelas. All of those novelas, the same people that I saw on there when I was seven years old are the same ones that are on there that are still there now. 
right. the same actors, and none of them look like me. Right. None of them at all. So now they're kind of starting why, to include them a little bit I more. Push, you know, I, I encourage you and, and support you in getting on, you know, uh, Univision and mm -hmm. Telemundo or whatever is part of the news or whatever, providing some sort of content. Because they do need to see, you know. That there are people like us. More representation. I mean, it's just like. Like when my mother was growing up, she said, the, you know, and, and it was just skip ahead to this would go into um, what we heard Oprah, mm -hmm. Oprah's speech. Right. But not, you know, seeing people that look like you on the television, mm -hmm. you know, or in movies, you know what I mean? And what that does to a person's, what kids, what that does to your um, um, morale. Yeah. Mm hmm. And self esteem. In self esteem, you know. Yeah. Be, and I remember my mom said, you should say, like, only on times they referenced black people in in their history books was as slaves or um, savages or something like that. It was mm -hmm. like, you know, there's something wrong with people that look like this. And right. if you look like that, that makes you feel a certain way. Like, oh, there's something wrong with me? Yeah. You know, but all that to say, like, yeah, you, you, sh there's been leaps and bounds in American television, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of seeing people of color on TV represented in, in, on news and sitcoms and different black stories and stuff like that. You know, blackish is doing extremely well. There's not a whole lot of them, mm -hmm. and there's never a whole lot at one point, at one time. Right. But the, it's gotten better. You see, we'll, we'll see some stories, we'll see. People that look like us and not the same type of people, the same, you know, um, type of story every time. We've gotten better with that. Yeah. Uh, Latino, Ameri uh, Latino television, hmm. um, Hispanic television hmm. has not progressed in no, that it way. No, it hasn't. It has not progressed in that way. And there needs to be some sort of revolution. It needs to be some, some you know, a push for that to happen. And you're in media. I, I'm, I'm, I'm handing the charge over. Well, I'm with you on it, but <laughs> you should be, you should really jump and help push that agenda. Mm -hmm. Because if if it wasn't for like before I met you, I I, I knew that black people spoke Spanish, right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got to hear and understand the story a little better. Especially seeing, uh, you know, understanding the story of Garifunas and 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 Black Hondurans, mm -hmm. yes, and the fact that you you and your ancestors there speak Spanish because the same way my ancestors speak English, mm -hmm. spoke English. Yeah. Me, you know, how we got we got here the same way. Yes, you know, um, and I, 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 I it should be. It should be more representation on, on Spanish TV. Yeah. It that's should what, be. That's what I'm saying. There aren't that many, like, I, I know, I can think of two um, uh, dark-skinned reporters that are Hispanic. On one what channels? On, one is on Univision. And these are, like, those are, are those the national No, not channels? Univision. Telemundo. Are those, now, that's are those a local. The, it's a local. That one is local. Patsy Arias, she's Dominican. Where? On Telemundo in New York, Telemundo 47, and I remember watching her. Now, because Telemundo is a network, mm -hmm. so that's just in New York. That's one yes. black yes. Spanish-speaking person mm -hmm. <laughs> on the network. Yes. 
for New York in the New York City. Do you know how crazy that is? Well, I mean, I don't no, know. I, I mean, know think, about, think about this for a second. If NBC, ABC, or CBS local New York City stations mm-hmm. only had one, I mean, they don't have a whole lot, don't get me wrong, but, but I think only had doing... one person of color yeah, that, on yeah. the entire station. Yeah. No, you're right. It's. I, I think they're actually doing a little bit better, but it has taken this long. Like the, the question national, is, why has it taken the it this long? The national programs don't have have anyone. No, no, no dark skin, Spanish, no. you know, uh, Latinas. Despierta America is on has Univision. None. Has no dark skin Latinas. The the woman that they have at the at the reporter's desk. I forget. I can't think of her name right now. She's Honduran, but she's light skin Honduran. Light skin. She's. Indios. India, yeah, yeah. That's what you call. It. They don't actually like that term, though. Well, who likes to be called white? <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. It's because you're saying it's a negative. Yeah, it's a negative connotation to it. Because mm-hmm. I, I take it, to, I take it to mean um, like uh, like a soup, like um, imperialistic. Mm-hmm type connotation to it like yo that's a that's a white person that's the oh, you know that's how i take no i mean that's what i how i take when y'all call them indios that's mm-hmm. how i take it yes that's how I, I, that's how my understanding of it. i understand it's not a compliment no it's not <laughs> right it's not and now and um and real quick the other um dark-skinned sister afro-latina ilia calder Cal, ilia calderon she's on Univision. She's on Noticiero Univision. Again, that's locally in New York. Mm-hmm. That's locally in New York. And, and so, none of their national programs have anyone of, you know, a dark-skinned no. person in anywhere in the mix. Mm-mm. I'd be curious to know if even behind the scenes. How many are, people. How many black. Staff. Staff do they have? Yeah. Because yeah. they make it's, it's the assumption that you have to be this, you know, you have to look Yeah, a because way. again, it goes back to that whole, you're black, that means you don't speak Spanish. You know what I'm saying? And it's, we could stay on this topic all day, but we have other stuff to, um, to discuss. No, I mean, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm going cool to be. We could, I mean, the, 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 it, like I said, this, this um, goes in line with what Oprah was talking about, what, when, what she spoke about on the uh, Golden Globes mm-hmm. the other night. Yes. Um, and her speech, first of all, we, I'm a, we could just drop the entire speech and let that ride out. Because, <laughs> um, if Oprah does not run for president, then all hope is lost. <laughs> I won't say all hope, but man, we in trouble. Like she really like that. If Oprah would decide, and I know it's I know it's a dream, and people will say yeah and get behind it. Mm-hmm. But if she actually decided and said like yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and run, sweeping victory. She has a two term you know, like like she'd be the first woman, first black woman, and then I don't think we would ever see another white person as president again. Probably not, because the next would be uh, Latinos, because because of you know the shift in this country and who's Mm -hmm. going, who's actually the majority, and Latinos are actually the more, the growing, the fastest growing minority in the United States, and there are some white folks that don't like that, particularly um, the white folks that voted for the orange dude in office right now. Yeah, Yeah. don't want that to happen. They don't. Um, But yeah. Cause there, you know, there. Okay, I won't say white person. There won't be another white man. White man, white female. <laughs> yes, I, I'm. White woman, a, 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 Latina, a Latino, yeah. Asian. You know, all these different groups that that'll end up could end up being mm-hmm. in the presidency, and um, white males may suffer. Yeah, for a while, and I, you know. 
the progressive thinking ones have no problem with that. No, they don't. The superior, the, the imperialistic ones are the ones that have the issue. That, with that'll it. be like, yeah, no, nah, this can't happen. We're taking our country back. That's what that means. Yeah, but what does that? That's exactly what that means. But it wasn't yours to begin with. Ooh, speak, preach. It wasn't yours to begin with. You took over this country, like, like hey, 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 watch what, watch how you talk to, you know, the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you watch what you, you. How dare you speak truth? Shut up. How but like, dare you? Like, it, it upsets me when they say that. It's like we have to make this country great again. You know, give us back our country. It wasn't yours to begin with. This country belonged to the Native Americans, and then here come you and your people. Listen. And it's, you guys want to take over? And I had a I, so I mean, it was a while ago. We had a and, and again, if you're listening to us for the first time, this is usually not a political podcast. <laughs> but there's some things worth talking about. A lot of things worth talking about. Right. But there, I had an argument on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> somebody, God. there's something that you had posted on Twitter, and somebody's replied. And oh, said yes, yes, that was just recently. And yeah, and it was going end up going back and forth. About and the, it was a family. They were Mexican being and deported. being deported. The mom and the dad. The parents were being deported, and, and their kid, they have been in the United States for years. I mean, like for years, like about thirty years, thirty yeah. plus years, they have been here, and now all of a sudden they're being deported. Yeah. And then someone goes on and says, "Oh well, they should have done it the right way." Well, what the hell is the again? No. Yeah, your ancestors I, didn't mm, do it the right way either. Mm, so let's let's just mm. be clear. This is a nation of immigrants. This mm. country is about immigration. Everybody without us, here. without us, yeah, there's it's, it's, nothing. It, you understand? And, so and to be, it's a very. But in any case, I ended up getting into an argument with a dude about. That. I was like, okay, you know, yeah, they had to go back. I was, I said something to the effect of like, yeah, Native, maybe Native Americans should have, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, should have did the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I. Uh, yeah. All that to say, but Oprah, Oprah killed it. Yeah, she's, she I mean, she's she she killed it. She TV. received, and, and let me just give uh, uh, the information for those of you that didn't get the chance to watch the Golden Globes. We didn't watch it either. Just, we didn't. Just, I, Let's just be honest. We'll just be honest. We didn't get. To, just, we didn't watch I it. I just woke up like you know, like I I refuse to watch it because the Golden Globes traditionally is very white. <laughs> very whitewash, very boring, stuffy. Yeah, you know. And I tried to. Wa- I watched like the opening um, uh, monologue. Who was that? Seth Meyers was Seth Meyers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he he did this thing where he set up mm-hmm. one of the nominees to tell. He he set the joke up, and the person would would tell the punchline, and he got to Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, Steph, I don't need a setup. Nah. <laughs> oh, wait, so you're just going to do a punchline? Well, no, no, yes, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. And he went to repeat it again, like, because we got what the joke was. The joke was that she was going to just do a punchline without a setup. Mm-hmm. And he went to say it like, to, so you know how they do. So you're going to do it. She said, they get the joke already, Seth. <laughs> Like stop mansplaining. To right, me. right. That's yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. I was like, oh, and I don't. Fig- I forget what the punchline was, but no. I thought that was funnier. But in any case, all I have to say, no, we didn't watch the go. No, we didn't. And I um, try. I, I try not to. But this, you know, this event that happened with Oprah Winfrey is is worth 
noting and talking because that's history that you know she's the first african-american woman yeah she's the first african-american woman to be um a recipient of the cecil b demille award i hope i'm pronouncing it right and the cecil um b demille award is awarded to folks for outstanding contributions to the world of entertainment now the first african-american man to ever get the award was Sidney Poitier Sydney in 1982. Poitier. It was in 82? Yes, in 1982. She, um, and uh, Oprah, she mentioned him in her speech. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, not to sound, she, she, uh, very woke. I'll just say that. Yeah. What, you know, yeah. the, what, all that she had to say was very, very powerful woke statements. do you think it was already like do you think she had her she already had that speech written out or do you think it was i don't know if she was really freestyle? A, I, because you know with these award shows they start to put the music on but it's well, they ain't gonna do that to oprah <laughs> are you kidding be clear <laughs> these award shows are just about advertisers yeah yeah they're just about and and who will keep the attention of you know, the their viewers, viewers just like it's, it's business as usual. Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, if you're Amy Poehler up there or Oprah Winfrey or yeah. like a, a like a big star, they don't put the music up on you. If you're just a up and coming, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. yeah they, got, they don't care about you. You got three minutes to get out what you got to say. <laughs> Oprah, they gave her damn near 10 minutes. Yeah. She was up on that, you know, six somewhere between six and 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Her speech. And um, I think I don't I don't think I saw her reading off the paper. Probably not. She, it might. It could have been a teleprompter. We don't know mm-hmm. because it's Oprah. But if it was a teleprompter, she's ready for the presidency. Yeah, <laughs> she, it was. It was. It was. Well, like that's really... not at, at least in in terms of just her demeanor and how you know she's. A, it would be great to have an adult in the White House again. Ah. Ah. It would just be, I mean, that would just, that would make me feel really good. Yes. Um, that would make a whole lot of people feel really great and comfortable yeah. with an adult. An adult in the White and House. And then, you know, um, some of the things, you know, some of the things that she believes in that mm-hmm. she, I, I would hope that she would implement. Um, yeah. I, just that. I think the presidency, you know, the leaders, it has a lot to do with who you are personally as well. Yeah. And that's, you know, the issue that we have with, um, Agent Orange right now. She's orange. She's Agent Orange. orange. Mm-hmm. We'll call him Agent Orange. Cause, well, just to be nice? That's the nicest thing I can say about the <laughs> Um, But in any case, uh, we'll play the speech. If you hadn't heard it, you need to hear it. Yes, you um, must. So, any case. It was, it was a great speech. I, I enjoyed it, you know, and everything. So. Okay. Well, um... As we sign off, like I said, we're going to play Oprah's speech. Thank you for listening. Let us know what you think about. Are you a Spanish-speaking black person? And by Spanish-speaking, I mean Dominican, Puerto Rican, uh, Cuban. Venezuelan, Salvadorian. Oh, um, in Brazil. They don't speak Spanish in Brazil. Mm, Some of them speak Spanish. They speak Portuguese. How close close is Portuguese to Spanish? I I mean, the accent to me sounds Spanish. The what accent. Do, what do you mean? Some of, the, cause so, some of the words are very close. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't speak Portuguese, but um, 
I understand some of it because it's so close to Spanish. Spanish okay, yeah. so don't why you look at me like no, I'm crazy? No, because you say the accent. I think you probably mean like the speech, like the the words, the pronunciation, yeah, the, the pronunciation words, some of the words. Of the okay, words yeah, I I can't tell the difference between um a Dominican accent and Puerto Rican accent. I don't really. Well, that's can, just the accent. I can't tell. But the they're difference. both speaking Spanish. Spanish. No, I, I'm just saying I can't tell the difference. I've I've heard you. Um, narrow down where somebody's from by, mm-hmm, by their the accent. accent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's amazing to hear because I'm like, that just sounds Spanish to me. No, no, that person is Cuban. How do you know that? Yeah. You know, the accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's, mm-hmm. that's wonderful talent. That's, I mean, I can't do, I can do that with people that sp- speaking English. Obviously, I can't. it makes sense. Mm-mm. You can't tell the difference between a British accent and an American oh, accent? Oh, no, no, no. British, yes. I, I thought you were saying like, from the boroughs, like or from cities, like oh, if this person is, I could from, tell from different parts of the country of this country. Yeah, yeah. Well, a little somebody bit. Somebody from Texas sounds different from somebody in Georgia, and somebody from South Carolina sounds different than somebody in Florida. And yeah, I can I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I can break that down. Somebody from Midwest, you know. Well, here's the thing: the Midwestern accent is sounds, sounds very similar. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it's, very it's, southern to it's me. Southern influence because so. there was a lot of. You know, people from the south that went there, but yeah, but yeah. So, so but if the, you are, for you to be able to break that down in Spanish, that's that's a <laughs> wonderful talent. Um, but yeah, you know, what is your experience? Have you had, have you experienced racism within the Latin the the Latin community? Mm-hmm. You know, do 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 you run into like? I'm curious to know if there's anybody out there that's had the same experience. Mm-hmm. You know, as as Amara, Amara. La mm-hmm. Negra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to work on your... <laughs> Listen. <laughs> all right, don't judge me. That's why I don't speak Spanish around you. Cause you <laughs> judge me. Your sister's um, accent is more hood than mine, though, when she speaks Spanish. Yeah, Veronica, my sister's accent She's like is... the typical Bronx... <laughs> yeah, well, the the typical child that's born in yeah, born here, born here, but parents are like I expect to hear us say "yo" behind everything. It's oh even my, in Spanish. you know what? Stop. Okay, <laughs> let's say you guys follow us on All Twitter, everything. So at four e v a e v a d o t c o m. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yes, of course we'll post the um the video the mm-hmm. the, uh, of. The, a link for um, the Oprah Winfrey speech. Oprah Winfrey speech and my remix of uh, finesse, finesse. Bruno Mars is actually getting it's gaining a little steam right now. Yes, if you ain't heard it, just if you haven't heard it, just look in the um, uh, in the description and click on the link and check it out. All right. Yes. Again, thanks for checking it out. Thanks for spending the time with us. Comment, share, subscribe, and. Um, We'll talk to you next time. Here's Oprah. Deuces. Thank you, Reese. In 1964, I was a little girl sitting on the linoleum floor of my mother's house in Milwaukee, watching Anne Bancroft present the Oscar for Best Actor at the 36th Academy Awards. She opened the envelope and said five words that literally made history. The winner is Sidney Poitier. Up to the stage came the most 
elegant man I had ever seen. I remember his tie was white and of course his skin was black and I'd never seen a black man being celebrated like that. And I have tried many, many, many times to explain what a moment like that means to a little girl, a kid watching from the cheap seats as my mom came through the door, bone tired from cleaning other people's houses. But all I can do is quote and say that the explanation in Sydney's performance in Lilies of the Phil, amen, 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 amen. In 1982, Sidney received the Cecil B. DeMille Award right here at the Golden Globes, and it is not lost on me that at this moment, there are some little girls watching as I become the first black woman to be given the same award. It is an honor. It is an honor. And it is a privilege to share the evening with all of them and also with the incredible men and women who've inspired me, who've challenged me, who've sustained me and made my journey to this stage possible. Dennis Swanson, who took a chance on me for AM Chicago. Quincy Jones, who saw me on that show and said to Steven Spielberg, yes, she is Sophia in the color purple. Gail, who's been the definition of what a friend is, and Stedman, who's been my rock, just a few to name. I'd like to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press Association because we all know that the press is under siege these days. But we also know that it is the insatiable dedication to uncovering the absolute truth that keeps us from turning a blind eye to corruption and to injustice. <laughs> to, to tyrants and victims and secrets and lies. I want to say that I value the press more than ever before as we try to navigate these complicated times, which brings me to this. What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. And I'm especially proud and inspired by all the women who have felt strong enough and empowered enough to speak up and share their personal stories. Each of us in this room are celebrated because of the stories that we tell. And this year, we became the story. But it's not just a story affecting the entertainment industry. It's one that transcends any culture, geography, race, religion, politics, or workplace. So I want tonight to express gratitude to all the women who have endured years of abuse and assault because they, like my mother, had children to feed and bills to pay and dreams to pursue. They, they, they're the women whose names we'll never know. They are domestic workers and farm workers. They are working in factories and they work in restaurants and they're in academia and engineering and medicine and science. They're part of the world of tech and politics and business. There are athletes in the Olympics and there are soldiers in the military. And there's someone else, Reese Taylor.
a name I know and I think you should know too. In 1944, Reese Taylor was a young wife and a mother. She was just walking home from a church service. She'd attended in Abbeville, Alabama, when she was abducted by six armed white men, raped and left blindfolded by the side of the road, coming home from church. They threatened to kill her if she ever told anyone. But her story was reported to the NAACP where a young worker by the name of Rosa Parks became the lead investigator on her case. And together, they sought justice. But justice wasn't an option in the era of Jim Crow. The men who tried to destroy her were never persecuted. Reese Taylor died 10 days ago, just shy of her 98th birthday. She lived as we all have lived too many years in a culture broken by brutally powerful men. For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. But their time is up. Their time is up. time is up. And I just hope, I just hope that Reese Taylor died knowing that her truth, like the truth of so many other women who were tormented in those years, and even now tormented, goes marching on. It was somewhere in Rosa Parks' heart almost 11 years later when she made the decision to stay seated on that bus in Montgomery. And it's here with every woman who chooses to say, me too. And every man, every man who chooses to listen. In my career, what I've always tried my best to do, whether on television or through film, is to say something about how men and women really behave, to say how we experience shame, how we love and how we rage, how we fail, how we retreat, persevere, and how we overcome. And I've interviewed and portrayed people who've withstood some of the ugliest things life can throw at you, but the one quality all of them seem to share is an ability to maintain hope for a brighter morning, even during our darkest nights. So I want all the girls watching here and now to know that a new day is on the horizon. And when that new day finally dawns, it will be because of a lot of magnificent women many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody ever has to say, me too, again. Thank you.